What's up, believers? Nicholas Upchurch here. Breaking story. Out of control, nine-ton Chinese space station, Tiangong-1, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, will give splendid show when it crash lands on Earth this weekend. Experts say the plummeting spacecraft will light up the sky like a meteor shower as it burns through the Earth's atmosphere somewhere between today and Easter Monday. You can see a photo here of it. It's a big craft. Uh, it's about the size of a bus. That's my understanding. This Chinese space station's expected to plummet back to Earth this weekend, and no one is sure exactly where it will crash. You can see that. Here's a better picture of it. You can see nobody knows where it will crash. By the way, that's a composite photo. That's not a real photo. Uh, it goes on to show some more pictures. Uh, I want to highlight an article from the Detroit Free Press, my home state of Michigan. Chinese space station spurs activation of Michigan emergency operations because Michigan apparently is one of the places that it could crash. It says anyone who suspects they've encountered debris from the space station is asked by the Emergency Operations Center to call 911 and stay at least 150 feet away from it. Uh, possibility that it hits Michigan is very low or minuscule, but they're putting out these articles. What do you guys think of the space station? And I have to say, does this mean that the flat Earth is not real or is the Earth flat? You know, the strange thing is we never get real pictures it's very strange. There's a lot of, you know, there have been real pictures of the space shuttle, of course, going up and uh, satellites being launched. But all of these pictures in space are not real pictures. They are apparently composites. We don't get real pictures of Earth. They're composites actually put together. NASA admits that. There's just a lot of strange things. I guess we do have video from the space station. Apparently, you can see the space station with a telescope. So I don't know. It's very interesting. Do you think this really, really puts the final nail in the coffin of the flat Earth theory? Uh, to me, the Earth seems round, but there are a lot of questions about Antarctica and different things that are not answered in the treaty. Nobody can really go inland in Antarctica and really explore Antarctica. It's protected by the military, all kinds of things going on. So leave your comments at Believe.love, that's our website, or youtube.com forward slash believe loves you. This is really, I think, exciting, but of course, if you see a space station falling, you better get out of the way. Who knows? It could land in your backyard. Hopefully it doesn't. My my friends and family in Michigan, hopefully you're safe. I think the odds are very, very small. So this is Nicholas Upchurch. Look forward to joining you again. Hey, what's going on, believers? Nicholas Upchurch here with breaking news out of the University of California. No more secrets you see here in the Daily Mail. New mind-reading machine can translate your thoughts and display them as text instantly. Researchers say they've developed a machine that can translate our thoughts. The machine will analyze what you're thinking and display it as text. Scientists hope that the machine can be used by people who are unable to speak. Uh, you can see a picture here of the machine at youtube.com forward slash believe loves you or our website www.believe.love. So this is basically something you put on your head. It's reading your thoughts and it displays it as text. And I think it's I think it's pretty interesting. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what to think of this. I have real concerns and I think people should have other options other than artificial intelligence and plugging themselves into a machine. But this machine appears to be on the outside of your head and I also think there are things we can do within ourselves to build up our energy or awareness to eventually communicate telepathically, naturally, without machines. I do obviously use machines. I'm using one now to record this. So I don't think we need to become machines. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Leave a comment, www.believe.love or at youtube.com forward slash believe loves you. You can see here in this article... Uh, it says, there are fears from critics, however, that the device will cause problems if secret thoughts are exposed accidentally. That, that could cause a lot of problems, right? How many of us have thoughts that we wish maybe other people didn't hear? So I thought this was really interesting news. A machine literally that reads your thoughts and displays them as text, and it's real. This was published in the Journal of Neural Engineering by the University of California. Again, I'm Nicholas Upchurch. 
Join us again on Believe. Leave a comment at www.believe.love or youtube.com forward slash believe loves you. Hey, believers, Nicholas Upchurch here. I have a really cool story. Roseanne Barr takes on Jimmy Kimmel. Liberals went crazy. I'm still the same. Roseanne Barr is a well-known liberal who actually voted for Donald Trump. Of course, her new show came out this weekend on ABC. You see another article here on the Daily Beast. Roseanne keeps promoting QAnon, the pro-Trump conspiracy theory that makes Pizzagate look tame. Uh, Roseanne came out with a new show. Her show was launched after 21 years being off the air. You see here, Barr's 1990 show about a blue-collar Illinois family spent 21 years off air before returning Tuesday to a massive viewership of more than 18 million. Since the show's last episode in 1997, Barr's politics have taken a sharp turn right, with the actress voicing her support for Trump as well as a number of fringe conspiracy theories. In November, she became a bit player in one of her favorite... I don't know what that means. I think that's a miss... The, the writer kind of made a mistake there. Anyway, she... She's kind of uh, interested in this QAnon, which I'm going to talk about in a second, and what QAnon is and who QAnon could be. But what I think about this story, first of all, it's great that Roseanne's back on the air. She had a big showing with the debut of her show. It's sort of getting back on the air. We always watched it in Michigan growing up. Roseanne, it was a big sitcom that we thought was really funny because she's outspoken and what I love about this story is Roseanne doesn't actually care about politics. Roseanne, in my opinion, voted for Donald Trump for the same reason I did, and I also voted for Obama. My first vote ever was for a black man, and I'm proud of that. My best friend growing up was black. My stepmother's black. My stepbrother and stepsister are black. You know, I played football with almost all black guys. I love black people and everything else, so there's a big sort of thing about people are racist if they like President Trump, but... I don't think Roseanne Barr cares if President Trump's a Republican or Democrat. She's trying to see the bigger picture, and there is a bigger picture. No matter what anybody says, there is a bigger picture going on. And whether QAnon is a conspiracy or Pizzagate is fake or, or real, you know, that, that does actually matter. But the bottom line is there is something much bigger going on than the political parties, and I think Roseanne knows that deep down, President Trump has the best chance of not completely being controlled by that. Is he, is he part of it now? Is he maybe negotiating? Does he have to make major concessions so he stays alive and also, you know, because he's actually not in control? Yes, that's probably definitely true. Uh, but for example, I think Bernie Sanders had a much better chance of being similar to President Trump in some ways, and some and that might be, seem very strange to say, than, for example, somebody like Jeb Bush. Even though we can send love to all of these people, and even the people may be controlling them from the top. But I think the bottom line is that Roseanne sees that there's a bigger picture going on. Let's watch this clip from Jimmy Kimmel now. <laughs> Now, one of the things on the show, which I know, like, a lot of the television critics got very excited about this, fa the fact that Roseanne Connor is a Trump supporter on the show. Well, she did vote for the president. She voted for the president. Yep, she and, did. And she, uh, and then, and that is part of, I don't want to give anything away, but that's part of the dynamic with you and your family on that show. Now, Yeah, and in real life. And it's in real like life. everybody's family is... Uh, pissed off at each other for one thing or the other. Is your family mad at you? Well, you know, we had some pro-Hillary's and some pro-Trump, right. and there was a lot of fighting. Weren't you a friend of, like a good friend of Hillary Clinton's at one point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. You were. Yeah. And what, ha what happened that, now I know you, you're very, very Why down on her. This? What happened? Down on her. Well, you, I think you um, accused her of being a murderer on Twitter, didn't you? I did not. <laughs> yeah. So um, Jimmy Kimmel goes on to talk about a tweet. Of course, Jimmy Kimmel's been very adamant about bashing Trump. <laughs> and of course, a lot of the media is, uh, and all of Hollywood and everything else. And I think anytime there's 
everybody agreeing with everything one party says, I think it could be a problem because none of us, including me, are right about everything. So, you know, Ron Paul questioned the Republican Party. So did President Trump. The Republican Party really gave him almost no money and no support. They really didn't want him to win. In fact, they didn't really even give him support in the presidential campaign. Big corporations didn't give him support. And I happen to not think it's just because it's a big, uh, because he's incompetent and everything else people say. He's clearly gotten some things done and he's fighting a lot of things. And he's also a man. So there's a lot of, there are a lot of imperfections with all of us. But I think the great thing about this show and why it's so popular is there is a monopoly on ideas in, in Hollywood and with the media. And it's so biased that people really start tuning it all out because a majority of the country, at least in, in the electoral college, voted for President Trump. He is president. And a lot of people are hungry for alternative narratives than what the mainstream media is presenting, whether that's wrong or right or if it's left or right. Um, I actually don't think that that matters. I think there are great ideas on both. I love both Republicans, Democrats, people that don't care, and everybody else, because, uh, and even the people that we see as evil, because we actually, in my opinion, have no choice. We can just go around being angry all day and fighting with division, and that's what a lot of us, we do fall into that. But I think this is great because it presents an alternate idea. Tell us what you think at youtube.com forward slash believe loves you or website believe.love. Of course, our podcast is uh, believeitunes.com. I'm Nicholas Upchurch. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment. I think this is great and we'll speak soon again. I want to tell you guys, you know, David Icke is a hero of mine. And if David sees this video, David, you are a hero. I really love everything you're doing. He's a big inspiration. You know, David, you are a big inspiration to all of us. David Icke took so much crap when he was younger. I can't even imagine. You know, he came out. He was having a lot of experiences. I've actually gone through a lot of similar experiences uh, that are probably completely different, but in a similar vein. I haven't been as public and uh, I haven't been on national TV in that regard. I played uh, college football, and I, you know, I wasn't on TV that much then at all, just playing a little bit here and there. But um, David Icke is a hero, and I want to talk about why I think even David Icke hopes deep down that he's actually wrong about President Donald Trump. But first, you know, this is DavidIcke.com. I really recommend you guys check it out, buy all of his books. You know, it's not necessary that David Icke is right about everything. None of us are. It's just important that he's actually bringing to the forefront, and he has brought to the forefront for 30 years, an alternate narrative and other possibilities. I actually flew to Toronto from Miami to see David Icke in person. I highly recommend it. There's a lot of information, and, you know, we're going to go over some of it, but there's so much great stuff on davidike.com. Now, he was recently in an interview with Jimmy Church on Fade to Black, and I really recommend Jimmy Church's show as well. Uh, if you look up jimmychurchradio.com or Jimmy Church on YouTube, you'll find his show. And it's actually episode 828, which was on March 28, 2018, that I'm talking about. Let's just play a clip from this episode now. Um. America had what George Bush called at the time the Pearl Harbor of the 21st century um, at 9-11. This was then used as the trigger to start picking off that list. You then have um, Bush uh, and Tony Blair, who um, were the front people, that's all they were, the gophers, to um, justify and lie, in other words, about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq to cause the invasion of Iraq based on a lie. Um, you then um, had them replaced by uh, Barack Obama and a guy called David Cameron, Prime Minister of Britain. And they um, oversaw the um, attack invasion, in truth, on uh, Libya and the manipulated uh, proxy army, uh, um, so-called um, civil war in um, Syria. Um, so Blair was 
a Labour Party prime minister. Cameron was a Conservative Party prime minister. Bush was a Republican. Obama was a Democrat. But the same list of countries from September 2000 went on being ticked off. And then uh, along came Donald Trump. Donald Trump was going to be different. He was going to drain the swamp, a swamp he'd been swimming in all his life, ironically. Um, and uh, he came in and he knew, again, you come back to Cambridge Analytica and all this stuff, which was involved in his campaign. And I'm not saying Hillary Clinton would have been any better. She wouldn't. But I'm talking about how the alternative media was scammed because it wasn't streetwise enough. Um, to get elected, Donald Trump had to get the support of those that, that were um, advocates and uh, uh, followers, if you like, of the alternative media narrative. He had to get them. Um, so he goes on the Alex Jones show uh, and does an exclusive interview. And uh, and and away we went. Don so David Icke makes some really good points. First of all, I believe and it's very obvious that the two party system and politics in general is a similar thing to if ants are in an anthill debating and then there are people walking around. There's a whole world and, and a universe that the ants have no idea about. And if the other ants are just looking at the ants in charge of the ant hill or the queen ant or whatever, uh, they're going to miss everything going on. There's a much bigger picture going on. And that is proven by there are agendas. There are multiple agendas going on uh, that are sort of international. And when somebody is not going along with those agendas, they get a lot of flack uh, like President Trump is um, now, David Icke makes the argument that basically, um, in order to win the election, you know, there's a big alternative media presence, especially with Alex Jones, and that that he knew, he calculated that that would put him over the top because it was going to definitely be a close race. And so he was basically telling people what they want to hear and telling the, the people, the Alex Jones people and the people that are skeptical of government and I personally went and saw President Trump. I watched almost every speech during the campaign. I watched him talk about Goldman Sachs and disclose things that I don't think anybody would be allowed to disclose. Uh, but the argument that David Icke makes is a good one that basically, and it's definitely been done before. I voted for President Obama. I'm proud that I did. But I think that ultimately he was either being dishonest or he was being controlled or both because nothing happened that he mentioned. He changed significantly. And it says a lot about our world that almost every politician lies and does something completely different when they get into office, and almost none of us care about that. Um, I think that's a big issue with all of us to do what we say we're going to do. And actually, I think President Trump is doing one of the best jobs in my lifetime of actually doing that. Um, I don't I wasn't around for JFK, but I feel like JFK may have been somebody like that as well. And I know a lot of other presidents have gotten major things done, but there's a lot of uh, changes even within a campaign. When you go from the primary to the general election, they say presidents, uh, candidates, I should say, move to the middle and they suddenly change their positions. I mean, it's really crazy that that's our system because so few people vote in each party in a primary and there's a system of actually, in a way, lying, and that's how we literally pick our leaders. That's bizarre in itself. But David Icke basically says, President, you know, Trump basically at that time a candidate went on Alex Jones. He's telling, he's kind of appealing to this crowd, and that put him over the top. He knew he would, and he goes on to say that, listen, he's increased the military budget. He's hired John Bolton uh, recently as national security advisor that he was a neocon. It's true. I agree that, uh, listen, I don't care about Republican, Democrat. I actually am a Ron Paul guy. I love Ron Paul. I love Dennis Kucinich, who was a Democrat. It's it's really not about the parties. And the Bushes, uh, yeah, they, and Obama, they were on the, the same, they were doing or carrying out the same agenda. And David Icke is saying that basically Trump said what he needed to say to get elected and to energize this base of quote-unquote conspiracy theorist, which is a crazy phrase because there are a lot of things that aren't disclosed to us. There is a lot going on. What those things are can be debated, 
but it is true. I think 6% of people trust the mainstream media in, in a Reuters poll. But David Icke says that he had to do this, get on Alex Jones, energize these people, and then ultimately he's going to carry out the same things. He's going to continue to knock off the countries on this list that was developed before 9-11, I think by the Council of Foreign Affairs or, or something. I may not be getting that correct, but there was a document. They listed Syria, Libya, a lot of countries that have been quote unquote knocked off. And really, I think it's about installing central banks. And he says that Trump is doing the same thing. He's going to target Iran, North Korea. He's hiring hawks. He's increasing the military budget. And he's just carrying out this agenda of the hidden hand. And when he presents it like that, I could see why somebody could be ticked off. He's also, you know, been working with people who are a part of the swamp um, and that basically it's all a facade. He's just another face. Politicians come and go, but the hidden hand keeps working things over decades or a hundred years. And there is an agenda. I mean, when you listen to not only David Icke, but Alex Jones, who David Icke maybe doesn't like so much now because he supports Trump, but there are agendas going back with uh, Brave New World and then the follow-up book to Brave New World. If we look at, um, my goodness, just look at, David Icke has talked about influences beyond our world, which I think is very important, things that we can't see. Here's an article, and, and one of those things that are reptilians, or basically beings that are in uh, a, a, a space and time or, or another dimension or basically that aren't visible to us. But it's interesting. Color isn't visible to a lot of animals. I think like that dogs and cats. Does that mean color isn't real? I think that it's real to us, but it's not to dogs and cats. They might think that's a conspiracy, right? So there's probably, and the visible light spectrum is so large and we see like a fraction of a percent of, the, of what we know is the visible light spectrum. So, and David Icke has talked about that. So this is interesting. Peruvian artists erect statue of reptilian God in the capital of friendship. The Peruvian city of Chiclayo, which I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, also known as the capital of friendship, has a really weird monument dedicated to the ancient God Morup the reptilian. It's the fourth largest city in Peru. 2,000 years ago, the area of northern Peru was inhabited by the Mochi, M-O-C-H-E people, a civilization with a rich culture of mythology, and it baffles us to this day. And so this, to my knowledge, is an older statue of basically a reptilian in Peru, and I think it's pretty crazy. They have other ones, but some of these things that David Icke, you know, I have firsthand experience with encounters of things that were not physical, and they were touching. I was touching them with energy. I've talked about that before. I'll talk about it more. It sounds insane. 10 years ago, I would have never thought that is possible. In my case, it wasn't bad or negative. Um, but um, I definitely know everything we're seeing is not the whole story. That is 100% true to me with personal firsthand experience. And you can find your own truth but um, there's a lot in mainstream science about that, that all, thing, all things in space and time are connected. And I mean, you could go even look into physics and that's developing all the time and uh, fractal universe and the holographic universe and all of these things. And there could be truth in all of them or a lot of them. And so what David Icke has done for 30 years before a lot of people were doing any of it is talking about some, in my opinion, possible realities based on a lot of research, and I think he's a hero for that. But I'm going to talk about why I think even David Icke hopes that he's wrong about President Trump. Now, um, the first thing that we have to think about, Ron Paul ran for president. Let's hear what Ron Paul, this is a, a debate when Ron Paul is on stage with all of the Republican candidates and in South Carolina, and by the way, he did very well um, against Romney in Iowa and also in New Hampshire, where he got second to Romney. And in Iowa, he got second. I think, honestly, I think he probably won Iowa, truthfully, but uh, somehow he got second. Anyway, that's a long time ago. But let's hear what the crowd does when Ron Paul is talking about the golden rule here. My, my point is, is if another country does to us 
what we do others, we're not going to like it very much. So I would say that maybe we ought to consider a golden rule in, uh, in foreign policy. Don't do to other nations what we don't want to have them do to us. So we, we, endlessly bomb, we endlessly bomb these countries and then we wonder, wonder why they get upset with us. And, uh, and, and yet it's, it continues on and on. I mean, this, uh, I, this, idea, this idea that we can't debate foreign policy, then all we have to do is start another war. I mean, it's, it's warmongering. They're building up for another war against Iran, and people can't wait to get in another war. This country doesn't need another war. We need to quit the ones we're in. We need to save the money and bring our troops home. Okay, so at the end, he actually does get some applause, but when he's talking about, you know, we shouldn't bomb them, the reason that they're upset is because we're bombing them, and the golden rule, and basically he cites uh, in another speech, and several speeches, I believe uh, there was a CIA, either former director or somebody high up in the CIA, talking about blowback, that it's a, it's a real thing, that countries are upset when they bomb you, so that's why they might hate you, and if you have bases in their country and you're telling them what to do, and you're bombing them. You know, we killed 500,000 children at least in the 90s under Republicans and Democrats in the middle in Iraq. Madeleine Albright, you can see her interview on 60 Minutes, where she says, unfortunately, she thinks it was worth it. And I've played it many times on this show and different episodes. So when Ron Paul is talking about this, and then all of South Carolina, where that's where a lot of people work for the military-industrial complex, and it provides them jobs, and you know he ended up getting five percent of the vote in the primary in South Carolina, or something like that. He had no chance after that, and he basically said, you know, the truth. And you can see the Republicans are smiling at him and laughing at him. He can barely finish his thought because he's uh, he's. They think he's crazy. And people said, Ron Paul is crazy. And he's talking about basically what Jesus talked about, actually. Like what actual Christianity, in my opinion, is all about. Or probably the same thing that Buddha and Muhammad and people would have talked about at the at the base, which is to love your enemy, you know, to treat others how you want to be treated, things that I can improve on more and more. But um, he got booed and he had no chance to win. So another thing you have to take into account is that Democrats have superdelegates. The only way to, I did an entire video about this, the only way to win in the United States is as a Republican if you're not going to take big money. That's the only way to win. And um, you can't win as a Democrat because now they're talking about curtailing superdelegates, which I thought was great news. Bernie Sanders had no choice. Superdelegates, I think, are a third of the vote to get the candidate, uh, you know, in the primaries for the Democrat nomination, Bernie Sanders had no chance. They're mainly, I guess, lobbyists, and it's really big money. It's controlled by the quote-unquote agenda, not the people. Uh, there's also, of course, we have the problems with electronic voting fraud that have occurred with both parties. And I agree with David Icke. There is a, you know, a bigger agenda. We get caught up in the fight between politicians and the, the same things keep happening. That is very, very true. But you can only win as a Republican. And to win these people over in South Carolina, to win the people over in the South and win as a Republican with no support of the media or anybody else, if you're going to win, you're going to have to say things that get them crazy. There's also talk about an interview Trump did in the 90s where he said he thinks he would run as a Republican and he'd, I guess, rile up the Fox News crowd and that was going to be a strategy. That's because that's the only way you can win without taking big money. Apparently, Trump's father was associated with the John Birch Society, which was a big libertarian organization. Libertarians, of course, are about your personal freedom and not war and getting our budget balanced and a lot of things that I think Trump really likes. He couldn't publicly say that. He couldn't even publicly say that on Alex Jones's program. He said they were a little weak on defense because he knows that the people who are going to elect him as the candidate in the Republican primary wanted, you know, that a lot of people were really into war and strength and defense. And the biggest industry in the world is the military. The only chance we had 
to get somebody in there is exactly what President Trump did. Now, it's just a chance. It's just a chance that he's not completely controlled by the hidden hand. But a chance is better than nothing, and that's why I voted for him. Honestly, I think Bernie Sanders would have been the second choice, except Rand Paul. I would say my second choice would have been Rand Paul, which is the son of Ron Paul. And at first, he was my first choice before I knew President Trump was running. I knew the strategy. I could feel it, the energy, and the I could feel what President Trump or what I hoped he was doing, which is essentially to use a lot of the same tactics that politicians use for the quote-unquote good. Now, um, is that bad that he has to do that? Yeah, it, it kind of sucks. Don't you wish that your kids would just naturally... I don't have kids, but my friends do. And don't you wish that kids would just naturally do what you say all the time and you don't have to play games with them and threaten them and threaten to take away their Nintendo or whatever. And they just all of a sudden, you know, magically you tell them the, the important things and the truth and they just magically do what you say. That, that would be great. Ron Paul and, you know, ideally would have been the person that wins. Unfortunately, Nobody, if Ron Paul would have won, nobody would have done what he said. Uh, you already see that with President Trump. They're fighting him in his own party, which is a, a large source of credibility. The entire media is fighting him. Almost all businesses were fighting him. Unfortunately, you only get results in the world with great incentives or great threats. Uh, I happen to think great incentives are better. They feel better. They're great. But um, the truth is in what's actually happening. Um, it appears one way, and what David Icke says is definitely true, but I'm going to get into some more specifics. So it's important to know that this is the only path that we could have possibly had a chance to get somebody into the presidency that may not be completely controlled by this agenda, by the UN, and trying to push people into cities. We can see this article here, Google Futurist, um, you know, We'll be uploading our entire minds to computers by 2045 and our bodies will be replaced by machines within 90 years, Google expert claims. Ray Kurzweil, the director of engineering at Google, and there are people high up in Google now creating churches uh, to the AI God. David Icke talks about this a lot. It is very real. It's not just David Icke. Alex Jones talks about it a lot. David Icke and Alex Jones, even though David Icke doesn't like that Alex Jones is all about Trump right now, Alex Jones is taking the stance and he talks about turn if Trump turns that they're going to expose it. Alex Jones pointed out a lot of things about George Bush. Alex Jones is not just a Republican. He, he's talking, he supports Trump for the same reasons that I do, and why I think deep down David Icke would love to, that there's just a possible chance he's more likely to not be completely controlled and that we can have an alternate, alternate um, sort of future than what this article is talking about that we'll be uploading our minds that basically there's a depopulation agenda. Humanity is going to be wiped out. We're going to be trapped in a frequency range, which David Icke is a hero for talking about. I saw him talk about it personally and that there's no need for humanity at all. And you're going to be replaced by AI and quote unquote live forever, but really be controlled in a frequency range. And we're not going to get into the real technology that's already within us. And it has to do with love and frequencies and everything that has been changing with me and with David Icke. And I see President Trump as just a possibility of that. The bottom line is, just like Tupac Shakur rapped, the best chance we have is becoming a rose growing out of concrete. You're not going to get somebody like Ron Paul at this point in time that's all you know, sweet and nice and actually wants the right thing, and then it actually happens. People right now are not responding to that. Unfortunately, there are games that have to be played and everything else. And the best you can hope for is somebody smart enough to actually carry them out for quote unquote the good, which I just think is a, a possibly another agenda other than the one that we're being led down, which uh, on both sides, there's, there's hypocrisy. Even with President Trump, there's some hypocrisy. He can't, he's not doing everything that, everybody thinks he should do and some people just hate him automatically 
But um, an example of what I'm talking about, you know, what I see President Trump doing and why I think that David Icke hopefully is wrong about President Trump, and I think David Icke hopes this as well. Trump plays 4D chess to sucker Democrats into admitting they want a total gun ban. Um, and basically, this article is Alex Jones. They've also had Paul Joseph Watson talk about that, you know, President Trump said he was open to all options with the gun ban. And, uh, you know, a lot of Republicans were mad. It looked like he was abandoning the base of the Alex Jones people, this this base that David Icke talks about. But I, even David Icke would agree, I think, that people shouldn't be disarmed, uh, that that's not a good thing, that the government, just like Ice-T says, he'll turn in all his guns when, the, when everybody else does, including the government. That's what I, I agree with that as well. And really, I did an entire gun control video that the real thing we need to be worried about is AI and these machines that can run 100 miles an hour. We have a police officer in Dubai that's a robot now. And this gun control debate is like arguing over throwing pebbles. And the real issues are being developed right under our nose. We have no idea what's what's coming. And it's, it's literally completely taking our eye off the ball. But um, essentially what Trump does, he does this a lot. He gets people in close. He tries to tell them what he wants them to do, even if they are neocons or um, some other, uh, you know, not exactly what the, the truth movement wants or the people that want peace or the people that support like a libertarian idea that basically... You know, and, and Trump gets these neocons and he tries to tell them what he wants them to do. And if they do it, great. And if they don't, they're fired. And you've seen that with Rex Tillerson, the former CEO of ExxonMobil. You've seen it with uh, Cohn, who was a Goldman Sachs guy. He's gone. Trump publicly said he was a globalist on national TV and every home across America tuned into the news. I mean, he's done things that have no chance of being done by any other president. And to find to to think that it's just a big rouge that the hidden hand is still controlling Trump in every way, but he's firing these people and and everything else. I just I I'm very hopeful it's not true, and I just don't think it is. I really don't think it is, and I hope that David Icke reconsiders his stance. We because we actually need to be positive. We need to hope that Trump is different. If we, I understand David Icke's older than me. He's seen this for decades and he went through an immense amount of crap. And, you know, he knows a lot more in certain categories than I do by far. But what I would say is there's no, there's nothing wrong with supporting something when you see an opening. It, if you, if you think it's going to fail, it's going to fail. That's a hundred percent true for David Icke, for me, for anybody else. If you think it's going to be, it's going to fail. It's going to fail. You're going to contribute that energy to it, and it has no chance of success. But if there's a chance, and maybe we're wrong. I've been wrong before. Maybe we're wrong, and Trump is playing, and the media, and every media station is hammering him, and he's saying people are globalists publicly even now, and he's cutting taxes and doing all these things, and maybe it's just a big scam. I don't know. It, it seems like the most elaborate scam ever. But um, I guess it's possible it is, right? But I happen to think that there's a chance it isn't, and that's why I support President Trump. And um, so basically, with this, with this total gun ban, you know, what happened, to finish up on this, is that President Trump admits, uh, okay, President Trump says all options are on the table. Then we have eventually a Supreme Court justice in the New York Times coming out recently and calling for a, a total gun ban. He's a former Supreme Court justice. And we have other people in the left calling now for a full gun ban. They feel empowered. And what's happening, you see the CNN poll right here. You have uh, a six-point decrease in the polls for the Democrats for control of the House. And basically what what Alex Jones is saying in this article, you know, in this video, is that it's good that basically Trump baited them into doing this. And he's done it before. There are other issues. And he baits people in. He's done it. I've seen him, because I've studied it carefully, do it many, many times. 
And then suddenly, because Republicans are so energized about the Second Amendment, um, because he he emboldened Democrats, it's actually working in the favor of the Republicans. And so now their polls are all going up because people are really passionate about the Second Amendment. I guess NRA memberships are up. And by the way, I support peace as well. I, if I were my choice, the government, I, I just don't think that a government that enslaved people and gave civil rights only within 70 years, 60 years, should have all the guns and the people should have no guns. I, I don't. I understand. And also that we can kill hundreds of thousands of children within the past 20 or 30 years in the Middle East with guns. And yet people at home, the same government, can have all of the guns, trillions in military spending, and the people should have no guns. I just, I just, it doesn't make sense right now. I'm sorry, but it just, it's too soon. <laughs> it's too soon. You literally have the highest, the most powerful military, and they should have all the guns, and then the people should have none. And by the way, they have things that it would be very hard for the people to defend against, maybe, but there's so many people, and the people are in control, and the people make up the government, the people make up the military, that, um, you know, that's a good thing as well. But it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to rapper and actor Ice-T and a lot of other people. And it's really, to me, not about guns. Of course, we don't want gun uh, violence in the in schools and stuff like that. But it just doesn't make sense. So um, basically, Trump baits people in. He has this whole thing going on. And he, he does this. He's done it a lot. And also, in terms of John Bolton, you know, the bottom line with this is that Trump recently, he's pulling out of Syria. He's doing things that Ron Paul would do if he was president. Trump tells advisors he wants U.S. out of Syria. He says, let it be somebody else's problem. That is actually a traditional Democrat position to get out of countries. In the 90s, Democrats would have loved that. It's also a libertarian position, and he's actually doing it in real life right now as president. And he was, yeah, when he was running, he said, I love war and everything else. But it's, it's like this, money talks, BS walks. I mean, peace talks, BS walks, meaning the ultimate, the bottom line is what actually happens. Trump is a quote-unquote blowhard. He's uh, boisterous. He says a lot of stuff. And if you're negotiating with people, you're going to want hawks as your negotiators. You need the people to really believe that you, in this case, unfortunately, might take military action. If you don't, if the people don't really believe you're serious and you might do it, they're not going to negotiate. You have no leverage. So my understanding, and I've seen John Bolton say some things about intervention and bombing Korea. I've also seen him say things that he wouldn't have said when he worked for Bush. John Bolton is the new national security advisor, and he used to work for Bush, and David Icke doesn't like that. He says that's an example of um, Trump selling out, is putting this neocon in power. Well, if it's a neocon that understands the program and that looks like is serious about war and you're negotiating for peace with a guy who maybe does enslave his people in North Korea, like that actually could be a problem. Um, and maybe it's just for a central bank. I'm not sure. If, uh, you know, Trump basically said recently in his tweet, which I love this, a, a lot of people, including Aaron Burnett, said that Trump, Aaron Burnett is on CNN, which pretty much is against Trump 24 hours a day. She said that if Trump works out peace with North Korea, he will go down as a great president. And I we did a whole video on that's like a miracle. That's literally like um, hell freezing over in, in, in sort of an analogy, right? Because CNN is saying this about President Trump, that, you know, peace is good, and that actually at the end of the day, Trump is meeting with, with his enemy and working out a peaceful solution. His son-in-law, Jared Kushner, is working on peace in, uh, with the Israelis and the Palestinians. Even to talk about that and to actively try to do that is love. It does, And sure, Trump is, has been a jerk. He said things that some people can look at as racist and all this other stuff, even though uh, 
He brags about black unemployment being the lowest of all time and Hispanic unemployment being the lowest of all time, and he's happy about that. I've never known a racist to do that. Um, Everything, including this uh, exposure and working with this hidden hand and knowing what's going on, it's going to happen in steps. We have to change from within. It's not going to magically be unless there's some catastrophe, which hopefully there isn't, right? Like the Great Flood, where just suddenly we're going to um, know what the hidden hand does, and they're just going to do what we say now. That uh, the the people are getting there. It has to be a process of first. You have to be interacting with it, and not just a hundred percent doing what it says. And that's what I see President Trump as. It's not just like an immediate thing where you know we take over and now they do what we say. It, um, I don't. Things don't work like that. With progress, it never seems to be perfect. With slavery ending and everything else, it wasn't just suddenly that everything was perfect. There's there's progression, and it has you have to start somewhere. And so um, this tweet, basically, for years and through many administrations, everyone said that peace and the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula was not even a small possibility. Now, there is a good chance that Kim Jong-un will do what is right for his people and for humanity. Look forward to our meeting. This is from President Trump on March 28th. So just the fact that he is taking, this is literally like the phrase, love thy enemy, or you know what Jesus said. And I'm not saying Trump is Jesus. I think Jesus is in all of us, and quote-unquote, the devil can be as well. I mean, anytime we felt hateful, that is the devil. And anytime we've done some of the things Jesus, I guess, said, I mean, there's several translations of the Bible, right? But, you know, that's that's love, right? That's love. That's Jesus. So you are God, and Trump is actually doing a lot of good things, and I think it's okay to support those. And I think it's a very, very, uh, a very low chance as Melania said during the campaign, that this is a selfless decision. A guy has $6 billion or $10 billion or whatever he actually has, right? Who cares? He has a lot of money, enough to live his entire life and do whatever he wants. By the way, the media loved him. People loved him on The Apprentice. He had a very successful show. He's uh, doing whatever. Yeah, he has a bit of an ego, sure. Does he? But he, you know, he could do whatever. He's 70 years old. And, and the, the Democrats love him. The Republicans love him because he, he donates to everybody. Everybody loves him. And he knows there's only a certain path to the presidency. He'd have to run as a Republican because of superdelegates. And Melania said it's a selfless, his wife, Melania Trump, said it's a selfless decision for him to run as president because basically he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do it. He could have just chilled out, had enough money. For all of the generations of his family, just cared about money, but instead he's dealing with all this bull crap, and it's a lot of it. I mean, to say that one person would want to, and and of course, maybe he puts it on himself or whatever, but it doesn't matter. The media, even the even Fox didn't want him to win at first, you know, until they saw that he was winning. He had to take over the basically the entire Republican Party. With uh, if you look at this statistic here, the actual money spent tracking the 2016 presidential money race, it's like he got 280 million dollars from small donors, 200 dollars or less, and uh, Clinton and her super PACs raised a total of 1.2 billion dollars. That's mainly corporate money, and. You know, they have this, this doesn't, it's hard to even find what's going on. But the bottom line is I've seen other statistics like it was corporate donations for Trump and Clinton. It was like, I've seen 400 to one Clinton versus Trump. And it used to be where both corporate, both, both, both candidates, because they are, like David Icke says, part of the same agenda. Obama basically carried out a lot of the things the Bushes wanted. That's, I think that's very true. Obama met with Jeb Bush and George H.W. Bush briefly after he was elected 
in the White House. You know, who knows what they said? Maybe they were giving him his orders, right? And I can send love to the Bushes and everything else. Everybody has their own greater good. But I just think there are alternatives to, you know, the Luciferian agenda and becoming machines or whatever the else is going on. Because there, it's hard to see exactly what's going on. But there is there is something else going on than what we're told. Like that's the bottom line. So, bottom line is money talks. Trump Trump was against everything was against him, and he won. He's really a hero beyond belief, just because he is possibly taking. And while he was getting bashed, he was talking about Goldman Sachs running the world and exposing things. You know the big banks. And exposing things that Bernie Sanders talked about a little too. And Bernie Sanders had no chance to win. So um, a lot of, you know, some Bernie Sanders voters and supporters could see that in President Trump. But the way he went about it was a very, uh, I guess, overly masculine way that turns off a lot of people. And he, he does do what's called the rope-a-dope, which Muhammad Ali talked about or did, which is, you know, you bait people in and then you change. I mean, maybe some racists voted for Trump. I don't even know. Are, are there really a lot of racists left? I mean, I guess it's much easier if you're black. I'm sure I'm sure there are, but that's really pumped up by the media, isn't it? I mean, I love black people. I, my first president I ever voted for was black, you know, Obama. That's the first time I ever voted for president. So um, my best friend growing up was black. But basically, this, this just is really, really amazing. This is really, really amazing when you really, really think about it. You know, basically what I'm saying is, yeah, so, sure, some, some racist in the South, Trump said little things to, to perk people up. But then in his first State of the Union, again, money talks and BS walks. And you replace the word money with anything. Replace it with peace. Replace it with love. It's that, it's that analogy where the first, first State of the Union address, one of the first things he brags about is black unemployment. He's proud that it's the lowest ever recorded or the lowest in 45 years or something. And Hispanic, yeah, I think it's the lowest ever recorded. I don't know. Hispanic unemployment, the lowest ever recorded. And what's more loving than that? You know, and sure, what I would hope President Trump talks about even beyond what people think is socialism, complete freedom, where money, you know, we have free energy and there is no money because it is a control structure. And they have had, I think, free energy for 100 years. And I understand it could be weaponized, but we could work with it. You know, a lot of things could be weaponized. Nuclear bombs can be weaponized. And, uh, you know, we're working on free energy in Venezuela right now. That knowledge needs to come out, and that would make money completely obsolete. Sure, do I wish President Trump was doing that? I do. Is he is he too focused on money? Are the quote-unquote globalists using money to blackmail Trump and the economy and, and make him negotiate? They probably are using it as leverage. Sure. But at the end of the day, he's pulling out of Syria. He's talking about peace with North Korea. He didn't have to do this at all. And just the fact that President Trump has a chance of being different and and I don't know just about exposing the hidden hand, but he's actually work. You have to literally work with those people. If those are the people in control and you actually want to do what David Icke says and you want to do it, you really would love to, David, it's going to have to start somewhere and it's going to have to start from within. And that's why I supported Ron Paul and President Trump so much, just because they have a chance, just because they have a chance. And President Trump actually won. And that's why I think it's such a big thing. And I love it very, very much. And I'm very hopeful. And I ask for forgiveness for myself because I've been a hypocrite. Most people on both sides, as David Icke agrees, have been hypocritical people they say love Trump's hate, and then they have riots and throw things through windows because they hate Trump and they want love. I mean, we all, listen, this planet is a little wacky. Like, I don't know if anybody's got the news flash. We're all a little wacky, you know? So there's hypocrisy in everything, but there seems to be a pattern of progression. 
and I see President Trump, I personally see that he is doing things that are different. I see a pattern that is utilizing people that maybe might feel guilty. Maybe John Bolton feels guilty for being a neocon and he wants to do the right thing and he wants in a way to finally work for the good because he knows that everything he did under the bushes with uh, going into, you know, David Icke talks about going into Iraq for WMDs and it was a lie and 9-11. Maybe there are these people deeply, uh, deep inside, I guess what you call the deep state, which they were a part of the problem. They were people, even, even Bush, even Bush. And David Icke talks about the pedophile networks that are involved. It's very real. Jimmy Seville in, in the UK, high up and associated with the Queen and the Queen's family and everything else. And um, maybe these people, some of them, want to be forgiven and now do the right thing. And, and at the end of the day, the results will speak. And I hope people can see that. And I even forgive the people that um, are pushing against President Trump, and they don't even know. And listen, I could be wrong too. And then I have to forgive President Trump. And hopefully there will be some progress made. There already is. There already is. Uh, to have the president even go on Alex Jones, who was considered a complete fringe conspiracy theorist, and now he has billions of people uh, listening to him, and you know, or, or you know, in terms of YouTube and listens and everything else, Billions of viewers a year. And he talks about vaccines. He talks about GMOs. He's not just pro-Trump. He does have to, he's, he is kind of pigeonholed himself. He does argue about the left and says they're evil Satanists and all. And, uh, you know, I get that. That is that is that loving? No, it's kind of like this greater good thing. And it's, unfortunately, people respond to being polarized. And ultimately, like David Icke, like you've said, you know, we become what we hate. That's true. But I've seen Alex Jones as well. And I'm going to I'm going to play this, say that he forgives BuzzFeed. He forgives the people that attack him. He he want he knows that we're all connected. I really watch Alex Jones carefully. I don't just see the clips and I don't just see what's in the news. I mean, actually listen to what he says. So he's trying to work through all this crap as well, just like I am from having extreme anger at the entire world. And how am I gonna how am I gonna become harmonized and try to help people? And there is some kind of progression that has to happen. It's not just an immediate path to me loving everybody and everybody being nice to me. That's what we would all love, but it's unfortunately not so simple. There are a lot of players involved. And President Trump is in the trenches, and he just has a chance. He's just, maybe maybe he is appealing. You know, a lot of people said that uh, Lyndon Johnson was part of the JFK assassination, but then he worked for civil rights. A lot of people say that, uh, and, and by the way, he did that, and he really didn't care about the black people's rights. He just wanted to put them on the Democrat plantation, that he just wanted to secure their votes, that it wasn't really about their rights. He wanted their votes. A lot of people say that Abraham Lincoln, that it wasn't really all about freeing the slaves, that, you know, that was like, he, he maybe he was open to that, but that some people say that that wasn't his primary objective, but it still happened. So these things don't unfold just magically with any of us, with that's what I represent. I was an angry mother effer, man. Holy crap. I mean, and you know, now I'm just, I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of better. Kind of, I'm kind of, you know, I am a different person. Um, but I can, I, I, I represent what needs to happen for the world. I wasn't just always nice and sweet and then everybody was nice to me. But if you look at what's going on with the world, we're literally blowing things up. And all of the people that are marching for peace, we're, we're annihilating major parts of the world. We have in the past 30, 20 years. The same country that's talking about, you know, we're angry about, you know, gun violence a little bit. We, we're blowing apart 
entire countries, ruining people's lives all over the world. And I saw President Trump talk about that it's war is not only bad for us, it's a bad for others that we bomb. I, ta- I, I heard him say that in a speech at the University of Virginia. I also heard Newt Gingrich, the former Speaker of the House, talk about on Sean Hannity, and I just about, I told my friend, this is unbelievable. He basically said, this is very early in the campaign. He said, the reason they don't want Trump to win is because he hasn't gone through all the rituals that, that they wanted him to. And Newt Gingrich ran for president himself. And he actually was somewhat positive about Ron Paul at times. So he knows what he's talking about. You know, these are, these are little things. I studied this from the day Trump announced and even before and all through those, that two-year period. So I, I do think I am a great expert on this, and I want the same thing that David Icke wants. But I, want, I hope that David Icke will reconsider because I want him to actually see that the solution has to actually happen. And to actually happen, you have to give people a chance that maybe they aren't just part of the bad, whether it's the left or the right. Or, or, you know, they have to actually get involved in politics to change things. And you have to have people, and hopefully we're going to try to, you know, I do have people in Venezuela working on free energy right now. I've been paying for it for eight months, and you can go to youtube.com forward slash believe loves you or our website, believe.love, and search for Gabriella free energy or free energy. And there's an interview Vanessa did with Gabriella, who's our head girl down there. And uh, we have engineers hired and, and everything else. So I'm trying to put my money where my mouth is. And we're trying to look at other things in technology so that we don't have to become part of AI and upload our consciousness into AI and to give other people alternatives. But I'm going to have to actually talk to the people in technology <laughs> to do that if it really actually got to a big scale. And I'm going to have to meet with them and actually say, hey, you know, guys, I, I think... I think you might be wrong, and I understand, and you've done a lot of good things. As much as I talk about AI, I still have an iPhone, and I still, we're big Google, we're big partners with Google with some of my other things going on, you know, and so Google, in a way, has done a lot of good, but do I think at the top, ultimately, um, there are some things going on with Google that are problematic, like their tie-ins with DARPA and you know, do I think uh, the CIA and Jeff Bezos, there could be some problems with Amazon? Yeah, there's a big, yeah, I th- but I still use Amazon. I still use Google, and I'm sure David Icke does too. It's this weird thing where what's wrong and what's right, and how do we navigate this? Like, are we evil? Are we good? And it's ultimately some kind of pattern of harmony, and it, it has to progress somewhere. And Trump as a person that has to, had to meet with these people and even have them in the government because that's what the government is currently composed of. And he's actually doing what I would call the dirty work. He's actually doing it. And the only person that would be able to do this without being under control would have to take the amount of crap that nobody, none of us can imagine with, with what Trump has taken from them. It's just constant. It's, it's like it's an avalanche of crap. So I hope people consider supporting President Trump, even that may have never thought of it before, because I think it could be very, very good. And um, I think there's a lot of reasons that I presented where it's a possibility. So I love David Icke. I love President Trump. I love Obama. I love the people that think that Lucifer is the real God. You know, they think it's not satanic, he's not evil, he's the light bringer and whatever. I love the Islamists, I love Jesus. You know, I, I'm not so into satanic rituals, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I might as well send love to him because I have nothing to lose. You can love a lion, that doesn't mean you need to stick your arm into the cage and get it bit off, or you have to actually act like a lion and bite people, or, you know, attack, what What do lions do? They, they kill a uh, gazelles or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You you can love it from afar because you don't want to hate it. Just like David Icke said, you become what you hate, right? So, um, so 
What do you guys think? Leave some comments at youtube.com forward slash believe loves you. Our podcast is believeitunes.com and also our website is believe.love. I'm Nicholas Upchurch. I hope this has been great for you. David, I love you, man. I absolutely love you. Keep doing what you do and I'm going to try to keep doing what what we're doing. I'm going to try to improve myself and look at myself all the time. Every day I get quote unquote opportunities for growth where I have to see that, man, I've been a hypocrite a lot. And maybe Trump, that's happening as well. And maybe Obama and some of those neocons, maybe that's happening as well. And uh, if people see it differently, hey, what can we do? What can we do but but hope and see a path to an alternate um, sort of uh, an alternate progression, an alternate pathway for humanity. What else can we do but hope for that path? And when we just see a glimpse of light, really just try to give it all of our love, right? And uh, and we don't want to blindly do that, but I think it's, it's okay to actually have hope. Because I know, man, I deal with people all the time. If people are reliable, it's a miracle, right? But I always have hope, even though it's very rare It's true that things can be BS. Conspiracy theories can be wrong. David Icke, all politicians can be BS. Trump can be BS. But there is a chance also in this great infinite possibilities, uh, spectrum of possibility, that things can actually be better than what we hoped for, right? That is actually possible. So I hope that we are open to that as well. And it's hard if you've been seeing this tough crap for 30 years like David Icke. But let's let's hope that it's true. And I think it actually is true. I actually think in this case, President Trump is somebody who really wants an alternate path and really has love for all people and really is going to do the right thing. I'm Nicholas Upchurch. Thanks for joining me on Believe. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.